As the New York Times shifts to be more focused on audience revenue, it has simultaneously shifted to be all about building the New York Times brand. And two and a half years ago, it brought in its first chief marketing officer. I'm Brian Marcy, and this is the Digiday Podcast. On this episode, I speak with David Rubin, the CMO at the New York Times. We discuss how the Times sees its brand being about the truth and the challenge of not being pigeonholed as an anti-Trump brand. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Okay, so you are, you are are about two and a half years into this role. Yes. Okay. I, explain the role and how this fits into the Times orientation now, particularly in, in driving subscribers and really being a sort of consumer first. Yeah, so I, I'm the chief marketing officer at the Times, um, and it's a new position. I we, we think it's the first time the Times has had a, a CMO. History goes back long enough that we don't want to commit it as like <laughs> okay. a broad statement. But yeah, I, that's good. In journalism, you always say you never say you know the first, right? <laughs> I, but I don't know who the other would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the the reason the role is being created is is that you know as we're pivoting to being a, a consumer subscription brand, um, telling our story and building deeper, longer relationships with with our readers becomes critical. You know, you're only going to subscribe if it's something you're using regularly and seeking out. Uh, and so marketing becomes really important, not just as sort of a transactional relationship, um, but as something that's sort of holistic, mm-hmm. that's telling you what, what makes us special and what makes us different. And so our team's job is to do that, is to figure out what the message of the time should be um, and to mm-hmm. put it out there in the world. So this is not performance marketing Per se. I mean, there is performance marketing. But not in like it. circulation, what was I mean, before. It is an aspect of what we do. So, okay. the, the I guess the remnants of the circulation team um, from, you know, a decade ago uh, have moved into um, uh, up until about a year ago, up until about four months ago, three months ago, we had a consumer revenue team and an audience and brand team. And I was looking after the audience and brand team and the consumer revenue team was sort of what you're calling performance mm-hmm. marketing. We've now put those together in a single marketing unit. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that important to do? I think it's really important because I think the a lot of my career has been about thinking about the short term and the long term as related aspects, not independent ones. Um, and so I think you do have to focus on them organizationally as separate as separate things and have activities against each but ultimately you want them to come together as a thought so that you're building performance with the story you want to tell and the story you want to tell with performance so give an example a, a specific example of of what that enables yeah great so let's go back three four years you know almost all of the marketing at the times basically the times is go-to-market approach was to do really great good journalism, let you experience it. And then the marketing team, if you will, was uh, was marketing the business relationship, the business terms. Here's how much it costs. Here's how long you'd be a subscriber for. Offers. And, exactly. Yeah, okay. um, uh, and what's in it? You know, you get this. If you pay this, you get that, you yeah. know, kind of thing. Um, and now all of our marketing includes some mission or journalistic message. So you were talking about, you know, the truth is hard story. Right now we're using a line, the truth is worth it. That's coming in any offer. We're trying to lead with the mission and the journalism Mm -hmm. and then also tell you about what the business relationship is. And my team spends a lot of its time doing, while it's it's fun making Oscars commercials and, and other things, what a lot of our time is spent on is figuring out how to do performance marketing that performs as well as a straight offer. 
but also has in it some kind of a mission or a journalistic message. Okay, so not just straight DR. Exactly. Okay. But 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 measured on DR performance. So with your background, you, you came to the Times from Pinterest. That's right. And then earlier in your career, you were at Unilever. So explain the differences of being at a CPG, then at a platform, and then at a, a publisher. It, it's... That doesn't feel like a traditional uh, path. Um, the uh, it's it's been fun. Um, I think the uh, big difference for me actually is less the sort of the industry change, although clearly there's been one. Um, uh, the big change for me is moving into a company, um, and Pinterest and the New York Times are similar this way versus Unilever, where marketing isn't the center of the organization or hasn't historically been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so at a at a consumer product company, the um, uh, the you know marketing is 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 at the center of the organization, and a lot of the organization is centered around the marketing decisions. Um, and at the Times and at Pinterest, we've got to spend more time talking about why does marketing matter? What even does marketing do? Mm-hmm. Um, and because in my mind, you know, marketing is about creating demand for the product. It is much more than just creating ads um, and putting them in front of people. It requires. Um, mar- marketers to do their job well have to be integrated in lots and lots of decisions. And at a place like Pinterest and a place like the Times, we've got to explain why that's important. Explain internally. Internally. Yeah. Totally. So it at at Pinterest you gotta you gotta win over engineers in a lot of you got a it. lot of cases. And at the Times you gotta you gotta win you gotta win the newsroom. And you also have to win engineers. I mean increasingly the time yes, definitely on on the newsroom, but also the Times is increasingly, you know, its its own digital product and digital platform. We've got a lot of engineers, and you've got to win them over as well. Well, let's focus on the newsroom, though, Great. real quick, okay? Uh, because newsrooms can be skeptical places um, of, of, you know, they're like, oh, the marketers here. Newsrooms um, and engineers are, journalists <laughs> and engineers are similar in that regard. So so how do you link up with the newsroom? What how Because particularly, the obviously, the heart of the product uh, um, of the Times is the the sure. journalistic report each day. So how how do you build those relationships within the newsroom? Like what is the what is the connective tissue? Yeah, I mean we you know the it's probably worth starting with, you know, the the day-to-day work of the newsroom, the the process of writing an article, we have nothing to do with. Right. You know, so the journalistic independence is no different or less important than it's ever been. Um, And it's respected with, you know, very clear lines Um, where we do get involved is in shaping how users interact with and think about and feel about um, the times at a whole. So it's where those things come together as programs, where they come together as a as programming Mm -hmm. um, is where we can get more involved. And how do we sell the story of mm-hmm. of those things that are being created particularly outside of you know a, a single a single article or a breaking news piece or so what's like an that. example of that um you know the all of the marketing for new properties whether it be the daily mm-hmm. um or our upcoming tv show the weekly um we're involved with the newsroom on Everything from naming to the to the logos and the icons to the marketing story, uh, the Caliphate podcast. You know, we made a we make a campaign for that, um, and uh, uh, working with the journalists uh, mm-hmm. to tell the story of what the what that upcoming product's going to be and and get it out there. It's hard for you to say because you weren't at the Times twenty years ago or something like this, but I get the sense now that journalists are more open to quote unquote marketing in general of their work. 
Like, because, you know, the, the old school is, well, you know, the work should stand on its own. That's, you know, but now, you know, journalists are much more, um, and even a lot of it's like, you know, look, Twitter, a lot of people, a lot of journalists are using Twitter to market their own work. Um, but do you see like an openness to the need to, to market the work? I definitely, I mean, one of the things, um, when I was arriving and just before it, you know, the times was talking to readers and talking to them about, you know, what's the difference between a reader and a subscriber and how do people who read us and don't read us feel about us. And one of the things that, um, uh, we saw was that really surprised a lot of the journalists was how little the average person, even people who are pretty engaged in our work, really understand the the role of journalism and how journalists do their work. And so we heard lots of things about, oh, you know, well, Times reporters are just in a tower in Manhattan mm -hmm. um, reporting on a bunch of facts that could be gotten anywhere and that all journalists are working with the same facts as an example. And these are things that a lot of very educated people believe. Um, and you can imagine if you're a Times reporter and you're out in the field um, in very difficult circumstances um, sometimes, um, mm -hmm. trying to, to figure out, you know, follow the truth wherever it leads. That's not the story that, you know, that's not the real reality. And so it leaves them um, really sort of, you know, we're in a world where our, our industry is tough and, you know, our business is, is, you know, we're, it's certainly better than it's been in years, but it's certainly, you know, we're in a category that needs to be much mm -hmm. larger. Um, and so the journalists have, I think, are the first to realize that they need to get people to, they need to close that gap. People need to understand mm -hmm. that what the Times is doing, quality, original reporting that should be paid for, um, is something you can't get everywhere. Yeah. And they got to tell that story. So let's talk about that, because I think there's, there's a giant shift that's gone on at the Times from being primarily advertising supported to being focused on reader revenue. Right now, four million subscribers, That's probably right. more. Mm -hmm. um, but that that changes the organization, right? And that totally. changes. So one of the things, and and uh, we had Meredith Levian on uh, about a year ago, and we talked about this, was the need to expand the number of people who are who are willing to to or will pay the New York Times. Um, how do you do that? Well, I think what one of the things that my um, my consumer products background brought was sort of thinking about you know what's your what's your marketing challenge and um, one of the things that I said you know when I first arrived with Meredith is that I think this is a category a category creation story is that we're not in the category of the news per se and I don't think there is such a category there's lots of subcategories um, we're in the category of quality original reporting um, that needs to be paid for. And that category is really small. There's 175 million digital news readers in the United States mm -hmm. and fewer than 15 million people paying for it directly. And uh, what's Spotify? Um, what are they these days? I know I know Netflix is over 100 million globally. Okay, go for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so you, but music, very good point, you know, music and entertainment, um, and, you know, which are, and music had its own challenges, right? You know, our categories with multi tens of millions of subscribers. Um, and so we absolutely believe sort of conceptually that we can get to the same place. Um, it's sort of hard to see 
the path exactly, you know, but the, there's no reason that everyone who reads the Times shouldn't, in theory, be paying for it in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I think the marketing job is to be sort of the voice internally for a bit of that ambition, um, to be uh, the voice for how do we get enough people to realize that that's what mm -hmm. we're asking of so them. So four million is good, but a hundred million is better. I'm going back to the Facebook you're, movie. You're ready. You're ready to take over. <laughs> this would be, that, that's exactly okay. Uh, how do you get there? How do you expand this this base? Because, like you said, I mean, all of the data shows is that there is a finite number of people willing to pay with money um, for news, whereas it's a much larger group of people that is w willing to pay for entertainment. Yeah, although in music, the that number's been changing, right? It, yeah. it, I think it is, like I said, it, it is, it's easy to look now and say that would be really hard to do, but it's also hard to look now and say that it's not doable. And so I think the way, the way, what, what we believe the path is, is in getting people to understand the quality difference um, and in getting them to seek out their news source um, and come uh, and come regularly um, to to a preferred or a several preferred news sources. And as soon as you do that, um, then paying for it becomes qu quite palatable. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the things we do notice is even people who read us regularly, many of them don't even know still that we're that we'd like them to subscribe. I mean, they know that you know now and again we ask for money, but it it doesn't how that connects to the mission and the model. Mm -hmm. um, is not something that people mm -hmm. think about every day. And so this is one place that we do collaborate with the newsroom very closely is in, in telling our story of what we're doing more. Um, and so, you know, historically, like you said, uh, journalists would tell the news and not tell what their role was in getting it. And we're increasingly, um, you know, both on the marketing side and in the newsroom doing that, telling the story, things like the, the daily are all mm -hmm. about, you know, how did this get collected? And fortunately we live in a time where people seem to be quite interested in it. You know, the news is mm -hmm. hot at the moment. Um, and so the daily is having an impact on the brand. To Absol some degree. Do, Absolutely. Do, do, do you have any data that you've collected that shows that it is expanding the brand in some ways? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we, we definitely, uh, you know, uh, those of us on the marketing side had a bit of skepticism to begin with of like, you know, is this, are we just giving away our news for free here? Yeah. Um, and what we see is that people, that the daily audience does tend to be younger. Um, it tends to be more diverse. Uh, and the people who get into the daily on a regular mm -hmm. basis tend to read more. Uh, and obviously once you read more of the times. And once you start to read more, then you're more likely to subscribe. Are you able to track it directly to subscriptions? I mean, not Because I've a, noticed like, I, I'm a little bit surprised, and maybe this is just a, more of like, just like a DR thing, that it's not used for, for more like, you know, here's an offer. Um, so, we, we are Since we're going to like be putting a Digiday Plus offer in front of people during this podcast. Yeah. I want to take a quick break here to encourage you to join our own membership program, and that is Digiday Plus. With Digiday Plus, you get access to all Digiday stories. Some are just for members, along with special newsletters and access to Digiday research. We have a research panel of over 6,000 professionals in media and marketing, and we are delivering unique insights from that panel regularly. Head to Digiday.com, go to the Digiday Plus tab in the menu bar, and then enter podcast at checkout for 20% off. Now back to the episode. It sounds like we have the same discussions. <laughs> um, we actually have been less of the, the very hard-hitting offer, but we, are, we have been putting um, 
a subscribe to the Times message into the Daily Now, right. uh, in addition to the advertiser messages, uh, third-party mm-hmm. advertiser messages. And we see there, we do see that they work. Um, uh, and I think it's a lot because you know Michael Barbaro is building a trust and a rapport with his yes. with his readers, and um, he has a pretty soft sell message that he puts out, and it and it works. Right. Um, let's talk a little bit about the elasticity of the brand. I'm real, always interested in elasticity of media brands. I mean, the Times originally newspaper, obviously now a lot more as a digital media brand, um, but now with the Daily and then the Weekly coming up looking at how far can the brand expand? How do you think about um, the brand when you think about its elasticity without diluting it? So I think in order to answer that, um, and this is where I think things um, become similar to a consumer products uh, marketing background is, you know, fundamentally this is just about a consumer brand and defining what it is. Uh, and when I first got to the Times, we, we embarked on a, you know, I'm a marketer, so the first thing we had to do was make a brand book. Um, and uh, we had we spent a lot of time defining what we are, and uh, which the Times had never done in 160 years. Um, maybe that's a sign you don't need one, but okay, <laughs> I did it anyway. Um, and you, we think what the brand's about is we seek the truth and help people understand the world. Um, and so let's let's break that down for a second. Um, the seeking the truth, uh, you know, which has the unspoken parts of wherever it leads, um, without fear or favor, is about independence fundamentally. It's about we're reporting on the facts, whatever they are, and um, holding power to account. Um, and and so that's core to our journalistic you know, approach and our journalistic ethos. And then helping people understand the world um, is really about two things. One is about understanding and not just imparting information or telling you the breaking news, but helping you really understand what it means. And that probably requires multiple touch points. It requires multiple formats, different types of visuals in addition to the article itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And the world being about breadth, being about both the geography of the world, but also about all the things you might care about. And so we use that as our guiding principle as we think about the elasticity of the brand. As long as we're helping people understand the world, then it's a space that we can probably go Mm -hmm. into and it becomes more of a business choice at that point. Um, That that, that argues against like New York Times cafes um, in Jakarta and uh, the New York Times... um, condo development in Manila. I mean, it's interesting, you know, the, uh, some of those types of licensed products um, and commerce extensions are actually in my team. Um, and it's interesting that they go there uh, because while we you do don't have, have a condo development in Manila, do we you? don't have just, a condo okay, development in Manila, but, but if you want to pitch us one, <laughs> we could, uh, um, we could look at it. I, what we do have is, um, you know, we have a wine club, we have a school yeah. of the times, uh, we have a very uh, successful uh, years ago business. you guys had like a, a, like a mini Groupon. I, <laughs> this is a warrior time. I, be, I believe you. Okay. <laughs> um, but how, do, how do you decide on these opportunities when it, it, it just becomes, I don't know, cheesy? Yeah. So for us, we really want them to be limited. Um, and we look at them less as business growth. Um, and we look at them more as a way to tell our story. And so the... Um, you know, take our, our journeys business, which is our travel business. Um, it becomes a way for you to go on trips with us and our journalists um, to hear how our journalists and journalism gives you a different perspective on things you might want to do. So therefore, it makes sense. Um, but if we aren't telling a journalist story and a journalism story, then we're not likely to get into it because we see them as much as sort of a, a marketing extension. 
um, as we do as a as a real business growth opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things when when you're talking about uh, the brand message, the truth keeps coming up, and the truth has 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 been center of all I think of of the the brand messaging around the times. Um, I think one of the big challenges right now is the fact that the truth in some quarters is up for debate and the times is being used as a punching bag by uh, our president right now. Now, there's a school of thought that Trump has been really good for the New York Times and that it has driven a lot of people to subscribe. Um, and just this is a, there's a lot going on right now. And 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 Trump creates a lot of that. Um, on the other hand, there is this idea that that with coupled with the the pivot more to reader revenue that has led the times to be more of an echo chamber in that it would be reinforcing um to shorthand you know what people on the upper west side of manhattan want want to hear um so i think the uh um which would limit the actual growth of the brand like if you're writing off 38 percent of the country that that voted for donald trump that that's that's a large chunk you're not going to get to the 100 million and let me just start by saying we we definitely we definitely aren't and we aren't defining the brand as sort of very exclusively focused on any particular ideology or um or or geographic location um the uh uh you know we see this as a as a broad-based brand i didn't mean an actual geographic the upper west side of manhattan to me is a is a concept it's a psychographic um (laughs) Uh, I, I think, you know, for us, we really, and this is, again, I was talking about this, about sort of how broad we see the brand being. And one of the great things about the Times and its its ownership and leadership is that we take a really long-term view. And um, that long-term view requires that we not be in opposition to anyone. We do hold truth. We do hold the power to account. Even if Donald Trump holds you in opposition on a regular basis. Absolutely, 100%. And so you look at the way, you know, one of the things I have been involved in is sort of how do we respond if we respond at all to Twitter comments and other things. And it's really important to us that we take a, uh, you know, we take a fact-based reply um, approach to things. Um, it's really important to us that we are not in opposition to anyone. We are holding the power to account. Um, and mm-hmm. Donald Trump is currently in power, um, uh, and this current administration is certainly something that we will cover aggressively. Um, but we, or the newsroom does, mm-hmm. um, but it is not. Uh, you know that will be the that will be the case no matter who the administration is. And so, an important thing I think on the on our campaign is that we see the campaign, uh, the original campaign we called the truth is hard. Um, we see the campaign not about the truth per se, but about the role of journalism in helping our readers get to the truth. And that may seem like a subtle distinction, but it's really important for us as marketing creators of, of the work. Um, so our current line is the truth is worth it. And it's all about the steps that we go through, the journalists go through, in order to, in order to make the journalism. Um, and so, yes, the, the, the truth is the end output that the reader sees or, or facts um, but the the campaign is about marketing the role of journalism and the steps that one goes through mm-hmm. in journalism. It must be hard, though, as a marketer going up against the master marketer. I mean, you're going up against Donald Trump, who, I mean, that's he's a branding guy at the end of the day. He's not really a developer. And so, like, you're going up against, and this this all makes sense, but he's tweeting that you're fake news. And so when you're talking about the truth, 
he's trying to put you in a box in which you're an oppositional force. You're part of the resistance. Yeah. And I, that has to that has to impact the number of people you can convert to subscribers. And we definitely worry about it from a long term perspective. And it's why we take very direct steps to to try to to try to not end up in that in that trap. Um, uh, I think the it's really important for us um, that we go back to the basis of helping people understand the world and thinking about it as a as a broad based brand, um, and so uh, so we really stay we really stay focused on that. And you see us, you know, that's why um, you know our our leadership is often willing to do things, and whether it means publishing articles, whether it means what our editorial staff looks like, um, so that we have a broad based set of voices. Um, even if some of those decisions are questioned on a individual basis. Okay. The last thing I want to talk about is um, international, and the I mean, t- to get from from four million to a hundred million, you got to go outside the U.S. Um, how is how is the Times thinking about that opportunity? I mean, I know you know from our colleagues in in Europe talk to the Times over there a lot, but how how important is is the Times as a global brand? Yeah, it's 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 really important. Um, fortunately for us, we think this sort of concept of helping people understand the world through quality original reporting um, is uh, it resonates in most of the world. Um, and so uh, we will, you know, we think we can tell one brand story. I mean, obviously, we'll tailor that for each market, and the journalism um, is both global and also, you know. Um, uh, we've had a uh, we've had a real push in Australia, and we've had mm-hmm. more reporters in Australia as a result. So we'll also do things on the you know within a country, um, but the fundamental brand story is the same. And the work we're creating um, with the the Truth Is Hard campaign, uh, we use all over the world, um, and so our basic marketing message doesn't really change. Um, and we think that there's huge growth for us. Um, uh, uh, particularly at the moment in, in the English-speaking world all over the world. Um, we think there's lots of opportunity. Mm-hmm. How about beyond that? I mean, you do some things in, in, in other languages, but um, is that a big opportunity for the brand? Uh, probably long-term, but at the moment, most of the focus on the subscription business is in, the, is in English, um, but it's certainly in English uh, you know, in many, many countries. Okay, cool. David, thank you so much. Thank you. That's all for this episode. Thank you all for listening. Um, This show is produced by Aditi Sangal. Please take a moment and leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast. This helps our podcast to be discovered, or so I am told. If you have feedback, ideally positive feedback, but I'll take negative too, uh, send me an email. It is brian at digiday.com or tweet at me. I am at bmrsc. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode.